Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A good Tuesday afternoon. It's February 28th, 2023. Welcome in. We're Grant and Danny. You are listening to The Fan. We are live in our Half Street Studios we got a big show planned for you today. 5 o'clock, Josh Kosman of the New York Post, who's been following everything going on with Dan Snyder. That's in three hours. 6 o'clock, Mike Florio stops by in our final furlong tonight as we take you up to 6.30. Pro Football Talks, Mike Florio, with the latest on today's developments between Dan Snyder and the minority owners that he is in process of battling it out with. And that fight is not over yet. By the way, we got tickets to the Capitals that we will be giving away at 4 o'clock today. Make sure you're listening if you want a four-pack of tickets. This is unbelievable. I mean, nothing should surprise me. Nothing should surprise us having followed this organization. You memory hole some of these incredible jaw-dropping details over the years. Like, you know, the, the, go back to, to Snyder almost hiring Pepper Johnson because he made good comments in the in the booth uh, or in the owner's box next to him while Marty Schottenheimer was coaching, or the bingo caller, or any of the other debacles. Some of the details over the years just, again, make your jaw drop. The last, what would you say, 20 hours or so with a couple things right after we got off air, the Washington Post with another bombshell report that Dan Snyder wants all sorts of uh, legal indemnifications and wants to be free from prosecution. Then the secondary follow-up haymaker bombshell report from Don Van Nata and ESPN chronicling uh, alleged fraud, financial propriety, and a litany of issues where the NFL, to some degree, is complicit. Every detail sounds beyond what someone could make up. If someone, if I made this up, you'd go, don't put that in your story. That sounds unrealistic. And here we are. It's just another day. The walls, the walls are closing in on Dan at this point. It feels like the room is caving in around him. Not a great 15 hours for the Dan Snyder will not sell crowd, I would say. Because, as you pointed out, last night, the Washington Post story came out first from Mark Maskey and the crew. Dan Snyder wants legal protection if he agrees to sell the commanders, a demand that has angered other NFL owners. Legal protection from what? What could he possibly be wanting legal protection from? Ah, come, buddy. My thought was, well, maybe if there's some type of lawsuit alleging the... the, um, Racial practices and hiring. Remember, there's been a lawsuit brought by a couple of former coaches who haven't either gotten jobs. Maybe he thought, well, I won't have to pay anymore uh, if that lawsuit, which was brought when I was an owner, means that all the owners have to throw money into a pot. I'm not going to do that. And I thought it might be things like that, like lawsuits of the NFL, if anything's to come down, whether it's head trauma or something else. I have nothing to do with it, even if it was based on my time there and I'm supposed to owe you money, you guys have to pay. Maybe it has a little something to do with this ESPN story. It today. might. There might be some correlation there. And then Don Van Nata, less than 
15 hours after Maskey and the Post story, the latest from ESPN, their exclusive, how a disputed $55 million loan plays into a federal probe of Dan Snyder's commanders. Roger Goodell and an NFL arbitrator declining to investigate financial misconduct allegations against Dan Snyder by his ex-partners. And there are words here in this story like jail time and bank fraud. So let's go through this. Yep. For the record, I just want to say first, I do think that the idea of bank fraud is going to be really, really hard to prove and pin down. And I don't think anybody's going to jail. Now, I don't know anything. I'm just a guy reading this story. But I know this, Danny. Billionaires with their businesses have all kinds of really shady, weird ways of couching things and doing things. Using personal money and business money kind of in cahoots and in line and moving things around. There are levers they can pull that I can't pull. Exactly. Yeah. I just always assume there's an out. You know, they got enough smart lawyers that they're eventually not going to go to jail. That... Is someone will be able to prove, I did something I shouldn't have done. I broke the rules based on an agreement I had with my minority owners. I broke the rules that the NFL has set in place for me with the guys who own 40% of my team. That's very, very different than did I do something illegal, right? Because the FBI and the IRS are allegedly investigating this bank fraud criminal inquiry now. That's a really, really big deal. This isn't a couple bucks. This is $55 million. Let's just go through right off the top here for people jumping in their cars or we need a refresher on what's going on. So we'll go through this story. I've highlighted important parts. We can jump in and provide color where needed. Uh $55 million credit line. The team had taken out 16 months earlier with the knowledge of Dan Snyder and none of his minority owners. They did not know that this happened. They found out 16 months after the fact. The rules are, Danny, that for him to take out a loan of any amount, but certainly $55 million. Any new debt taken on by the organization. He needs approval from his minority partners. The $55 million loan has become a primary focus now of federal prosecutors in Virginia who are investigating allegations of the misconduct by Snyder and the commanders. A federal grand jury has issued subpoenas for a cache of documents related to the team's finances, including this loan. The criminal inquiry, as I said, being led by the FBI and the IRS. So what happens is, this would have never been known, by the way. But these three minority owners who Dan Snyder subsequently bought out, right? So they own 40% of the team. Not like a couple percent. They owned almost half the team. Dan mm-hmm. owned the other 60% with Tanya. This is Bob Rothman, Dwight Shaw, and Fred Smith. These guys, 16 months after the fact, while doing some paperwork, essentially, find out, What is this $55 million right here that Dan got a loan for? Why didn't we sign off on that? He's not allowed to do that without our permission. And so they start digging around a little bit, and they go to Roger Goodell. They go to the league. During confidential arbitration, the former partners demanded that the NFL investigate the origin of this loan. They basically said, he's not allowed to get this loan without us. The bank gave it to him. How did he get it? The only way we can find out is for Roger Goodell to go find out. He's got the power to do that. Goodell signed off his signature, granted league approval for the team to take out the debt. The NFL arbitrator, Goodell himself, decided, though, they were not going to look into how Dan Snyder got this money. 
without the minority owners from Bank of America. So important here, and Bank of America, by the way, repeatedly asks, hey, can you show us the proof that the, everyone else signed off on it? Team never provides yeah, where's it. Where's Fred Smith, Dwight Char, and Bob Rothman's signature? Can you get those over to us? It doesn't exist. So they never do that. Once the loan is even closed, Bank of America says, hey, we, we need this document. It's not there. Ultimately, finally, uh, Snyder and company admit that that doesn't exist. The other part to remember that I think is important here is remember the timeline. This is still when the NFL and then Washington, uh, Snyder, et cetera, are still on the same page on the same side. This is still what's good for the Shield. This is still we're in it together, right around the time of the common interest agreement, right around at the time where the best thing for this is for it to get buried, for the minority owners to then eventually just go away, get bought out, get their money. We're going to sweep this under the rug, coinciding with the Beth Wilkinson investigation, which is also going to be swept under the rug. We know things changed after that, but this is still the time where, you know, Goodell's doing his normal thing. He rolls in, cleans up the mess. Takes a couple, you know, arrows at a press conference, and we just move on to the business of football. So what we don't know based on this story today is did Dan Snyder or anybody else with the commanders on his behalf commit fraud, essentially, illegally, bank fraud? Did they say we're taking out the $55 million with these guys knowing it, and then the bank said okay when clearly those other people didn't know it? Not allowed to do that, right? What we do know is, just based on the team's guidelines that Dan signed with the minority owners when they took over uh, to help him out in 2003, he broke that rule. That was illegal. That was a problem. So let's skip ahead a little bit here. They go to the league. The league says, we're not going to investigate that. Let's come together and have mediation. And the NFL moved to shut down some arbitration hearings that the three minority owners wanted. The mediation resulted in these three partners selling their shares. This silenced them. It was over at that point. They got $875 million from Dan Snyder to sell those shares, and that effectively ended the contentious portion of this $55 million. It was no longer something that they needed or cared a whole lot about. NFL never conducted the partner's requested investigation into the loan, though. The league levied no sanctions against Snyder, and everybody moved on with these owners leaving. So my big first question would be, They've been paid. They're out. Presumably, they're no longer able to sue him for money or anything like that. If this isn't fraud, can they do anything? And based on the people I've been asking today who are smarter than me, it sounds like the minority owners, by selling and getting out, no longer have any power or influence to go after Dan in court based on this $55 million loan he took out without them knowing. That's my understanding as well. Now, that doesn't mean nothing happens because Eastern District of Virginia is investigating and you've got State's Attorney Virginia also potentially investigating this as well. So there could still be criminal proceedings based on this, but you're not going to see a lawsuit, I don't, as I understand it, uh, from the three minority owners towards Dan Snyder for any kind of uh, perceived wrongdoing. Quote from a source to Don Van Nata, and, and everything we're telling you is from this ESPN groundbreaking story today. Quote, three billionaires, not a few whistleblowers, alleged to the NFL arbitrator that their partner, that's Dan Snyder, had possibly committed bank fraud. This is jail time type of fraud. The NFL owes them as much a fair shake as it owes Snyder. The league had no interest in finding out what happened, buried it, didn't investigate it, and covered it up, end quote. Now, it might be true that they owe these minority owners just as much as they owe Dan, but we all know that's not really how the world works, right? Right. Dan is the owner of the then Redskins. Roger Goodell works for Dan. He doesn't really work for 
those other three guys to the same extent, Rothman, Shar, and Smith. And I think a key part of this story, again, it's brilliant, and this is you know all from Don Van Nata's great story on ESPN.com. The, the, the minority owners, at the center of their objection was this $55 million secret loan that they only discovered in some fine print of some financial documents. Payments were withheld to them, allegedly, uh, in terms of quarterly profits that usually get made. Steiner didn't make those payments. We'll get that, there. That's yeah, later that kind of kickstart this thing. Um, but at, at, at also at its center is a bunch of other kind of allegations or where Dan is doing, a, a, you know, a, as they kind of put it, uh, using the teams as personal piggy bank, et cetera. So let's get into that, all coming. Right? And the league had no interest in pursuing any of it and basically shut that whole thing down. Now, we can read all the statements. As you know, with this team, there's always a statement. And we will get to what John Brownlee, the attorney for Dan Snyder, has said, what the NFL is saying. Um, there are no statements on the side of the three minority owners who are no longer you know, a part of the organization. Uh, but we'll get you those statements as we go here on Grant and Danny. But to continue what you're talking about, the idea of this piggy bank that he treated the team as, I thought this was pretty amazing. I mean, some of the nuggets that came out of this story were that the minority partners have a 61-page arbitration petition that they put together with claims that ESPN got a hold of, and they are alleging misuse of team funds to, to staff Snyder's yachts, private jets, and abuse of corporate bylaws, as we've talked about, all laid out in these documents. Snyder's Bank of America credit line was destined to remain private, an unresolved dispute, if not for this current criminal investigation that unearthed some of this for these minority owners. But let's start with two years before the $55 million was taken out, okay? Two years before they spotted this footnote buried in an audit, the partners had begun considering trying to sell their stakes of the team. Dan wouldn't let them. Mm-hmm. One of these guys, Fred Smith, this is actually Arthur Smith's dad, Uh who's the head coach of the Falcons. Fred Smith at the time found a guy that would take on his 10% stake in the team, and he went to Dan to try to sell the team. Snyder made it almost impossible for him and these other minority owners to get out. Snyder, in fact, in this particular case, blocked his sale of his 10%, saying the proposed buyer would not be acceptable to the NFL. The guy's name was Alan Kestenbaum, who almost immediately then went and bought a part of the Falcons and was voted unanimously by the NFL. No one had a single problem with the guy. Allegation here, and it's pretty obvious, is that any kind of due diligence, which would be the most normal thing to happen in the world, would discover the secret $55 million line of credit that took place in 2018. And this is now, you know, fast forwarding to to 2020. In addition to the partner saying, yeah, that they would have found this and that's why he was not letting them sell. They received financial information that Snyder had mismanaged the team's assets and had engaged in self-dealing and other misconduct, which gets us to some of the amazing anecdotes that came out of this whole thing. Um, How about the fact, Danny, that Dan Snyder was paying himself $10 million a year as a salary, Mm -hmm. that on top of that, Dan Snyder paid from the team's money himself $4.5 million allegedly, to put the Redskins at the time, Team Helmet, on his jet as an advertising metric. In the same way we'd wrap a vehicle with 106.7 The Fan. <laughs> Rapify, yeah. This private jet that's up in the air or landing occasionally at airports that he and a couple of people from the organization are getting on. He puts the Redskins helmet on the tail of this jet. And to do so, for advertising, he paid himself $4.5 million, according to the minority owners. You know how everybody's always at those private airports with on the private planes seeing that thing? It's great advertising. Uh, budget spending. 
Unbelievable. Yeah, of course. $7 million in unreimbursed business expenses, whatever that means to you. A million dollars in reimbursement for vehicle costs. Uh, Extra security required during foreign travel in his role as an owner. All these things billing to the team. So basically, as 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 you can clearly see, that mix that you're talking about between personal finances, organizational finances. There's a lot of crossover there. As the minority owners were kicking around and starting to see some of this stuff being quirky, one of them, Rothman, went to Dan and, and complained that the team had not had a board meeting in years. And Snyder supposedly responded, quote, what the F do I need a board meeting for? End quote. Which is amazing. It's amazing. Put that on a t-shirt. What the bleep do I need a board meeting for? These guys, these three owners, confront Snyder about the missed quarterly payment you referenced Mm -hmm. in May of 2020. That happened at about the same time, right? As he's taken out the $55 million loan, he, for the first time ever, was not able to make a payment. Let me find this part of the story here. Uh, The same month that the partners discovered the $55 million credit line, Snyder, for the first time, failed to pay partners their quarterly share of the team profits. Essentially, whatever the team makes, he cuts 40% of that and hands it to those three guys, right? First time ever, he wasn't able to give them their money. The partners said they already knew the team's local revenues, and this does not include the national TV rights stuff. So just the local money that they make had dropped by one-third over the previous decade, from $241 million coming in in cash in the fiscal year of 2009 to $160 million in the fiscal year of 2020. I understand there's some COVID in there, possibly, but think about that. It had gone from 241 to 160 which brings me to my biggest takeaway of this entire story. And the words... Cash poor are used, are used in here by one of the sources, but he did allegedly, I guess we should say, he doesn't have money. He he needed cash and probably still does. The reason I keep saying steadfastly, I think he's going to sell, is because he had to borrow money when he bought these guys out to end this charade because they were going after him when they had their mediation and he gave them the eight hundred seventy five million to go away. He had to borrow that money from the NFL and from the bank. He owes that money still. He doesn't have that money, you don't think, we don't think, at this moment. He still has to buy a stadium. So you wonder, well, how is their facility one of the worst in the league? Why is their stadium falling apart? That's Why it. can't they go get a quarterback if they want to this offseason? You know, if I said yesterday, and I've thought this for months, if this was old Dan, Ron Rivera probably got fired at the end of the season. You can't fire a coach and bring in another head coach. They don't have money. Huge moment here. So after the minority owners complain, hey, you didn't pay us. We, we've sort of discovered some of this stuff. We haven't had a board meeting in years. Why the bloop do we need a board meeting? June 2020, Snyder informed his partners he had removed them from the team six-member board. Who's on that board, by the way? So Is it's it Dan, and Tanya? Tanya, and then there's one other, one other Snyder person. Uh, whose name well, I forget. So, but, but were the three guys on there? Yeah, the okay. six-member board. So, and then when he replaced them with his minions, basically. Yes. Like, there's nothing about that that's allowed. You simply cannot do that. Snyder informed his partners he had removed them from the team's six-member board. Uh-huh. Partners alleged that Snyder's removal violated the stockholders' agreement, continued a, quote, pattern of gross disregard of both his contractual and fiduciary duties. He replaced the three men with two new directors, this guy Broshi and this person Owens. The partners said the two men had worked for Snyder in the past and were beholden to Snyder. Shocking, by the way. We've never seen him do that before, where he just keeps people around for years that do whatever he wants. I just can't believe. Who was the guy they hired and brought back and hired and brought back and then fired and brought back like six times in a row? 
Terry Bateman or somebody. They, they, it, feel, it feels like it's Terry Bateman. They have these guys that that, are, that work for them. Jason Bateman. And they just go and come and go and come as, as they please. Um, the partner's arbitration petition that they filed flatly declared that Snyder was using the team's cash to support his lavish lifestyle. Brazen actions have the obvious purpose of protecting Snyder's self-dealing and other unauthorized conduct from being further exposed, questioned, or restrained by the board. They went on to say the partners alleging that Snyder had used team funds to help pay for his two personal yachts, his multiple residences, the services of more than 60 members of his personal staff, multiple vehicles in the U.S. and Europe, countless meals and entertainment and wine and beverages. 60 member staff for this guy. I guess it adds up quick when you've got pilots and you know people cleaning all of your houses. I get it. That's how my that's how I get my staff. But you big. only have forty three people. Well, you know, but I don't have my, my second home that I sold, right? This was amazing to me. The partners discovered that Snyder had leased his perfect uh personal jets back to the team. He'd leased them. Leased them. His jets. You team, you guys can use these. Snyder paying himself the ten million salary we talked about. Arranged for the franchise to pay him a total of four and a half million for having the team logo emblazoned on the personal jet. And it really is amazing. Within a month of the session where they get these guys together with Dan, when they come to the league and say, and they did, they asked Roger Goodell to boot him, basically. They say, you got to get rid of this guy. Within a month, they have their hearing over Zoom in the height of the pandemic, and it is agreed over 48 hours that he's going to buy them out, at which point he has to go to the NFL to get money. And at a 32 to nothing vote on March 31st, 2021, owners granted Snyder a new debt limit. Snyder borrowed an additional $450 million from Bank of America. Important thing, and I know we got to jump. This is still the time, in terms of the timeline, where the NFL, the other owners, Goodell, they're still on Snyder's side at this stage. You could, As evidence, right? They slammed the gavel. Yeah, of course you can do that. You can take on brand new debt. Bank of America is going to lend you $450 million. We'll lend you the remaining balance to buy these guys out. Arthur Smith, instead of continuing to fight, was like, I- I'm concerned about my son's career. I'll just take the money and get out. I don't need to fight this anymore. And they moved on, even though, you know, the Forbes would come out with a with a um, uh, evaluation shortly thereafter. And these guys got shortchanged for their 40 million, or 40% of a $5.6 billion valuation. I don't feel sorry for them. They're billionaires. But you see my point. They just wanted out of this thing. And the league slammed the gavel. I think they sensed that we can't fight this anymore. We're just We're just going away. When you guys hear some of these details, and if you've read the story, great. If you haven't, we just gave you the cliff notes and some of the most important parts. Instead of uh, what Chat GPT, whatever that thing is, everyone's talking about now. It's it's Chat G and D. We just gave you the Chat G and D of the uh, documents, so to speak. What is your takeaway, and what is standing out to you about this pretty groundbreaking bombshell from ESPN and Don Van Nata that Snyder's being investigated? Again, financially, but also bank fraud. Criminal inquiries are involved in this story. 800-636-1067 is the number. 800-636-1067. Grant and Danny with you on the fan. I think that that is very possible, and I think the league is considering something along those lines, but you're still, you've got to get to six based on what Snyder wants. Again, Snyder could decide, okay, well, I said six, but I'll take five and a half. But if Snyder sticks to six, it is still a huge number. So even if the NFL forgives part of the loan, 
um, you, you still need to find a lot of co-investors. But, but I do think the NFL would be interested in helping Bezos or Tillman or probably Josh Harris make this happen. The voice of Josh Kosman, New York Post, has been on the station here recently. That was from an interview we did with Kevin Sheehan yesterday. He's going to join us coming up today at 5 o'clock. we got a four-pack of Caps tickets at 4. We're Grant and Danny. You are listening to the fan. We just worked our way through the several thousand word story on ESPN.com that dropped this morning from Don Van Nata Jr. How a disputed $55 million loan plays into a federal probe of the commanders. And the gist is, Danny, violating rules, Snyder goes and gets $55 bucks without telling his minority owners. It leads to a bad relationship going completely sideways that results in them being bought out and leaving the team. Dan no longer having any minority owners has led to, it would appear, him having some money issues in terms of cash and liquidity. And when it comes to building a stadium and doing some of the daily operating necessary, originally, I'm sure he was looking for new minority help. Because he's been in so much hot water and the investigations have been one after another, he's had a hard time finding anyone who's going to help, literally and figuratively, kind of bail him out here, right? And so, if you can't get public money for a stadium and you need to build one, if you don't have the money to build one, we kind of knew that was a problem. But it's not just the stadium. It might be running the team. It might be doing the things that need to be done around the facility. And in the meantime, based on the story today, there is a bank fraud claim, a actual criminal inquiry here, because we know that he violated a policy, according to the three minority owners, Rothman, Shaw, and Smith, by not asking them and getting their permission to get this $55 million loan out. The question is, Did he actually commit bank fraud? Did he actually, in some way, or someone at his behest, get this money under false pretenses? Did he get this money saying that these guys were cool with it? We know, based on Van Nata's reporting, that the bank spent a lot of time and a lot of effort trying to figure out, hey, what about these minority guys? Yeah, the authorization documents. Where's that? Where's that? Where are their signatures? Where, Where are they to tell you it's okay? Eventually, they gave him the loan. And those owners, who are now out, wanted to know... How'd this happen? But Roger Goodell and the league were not willing to look into it. They weren't interested. Uh, This is, again, from the story. Snedder used the proceeds from the credit agreement to disguise poor operating performance and cash flow problems, and at least in part to enrich himself improperly at the expense of the team and other stockholders. That's from the petition um, that these uh, minority owners filed. This is, again, the timeline I think is, is critical here. I think that's the most important part of this. This is still a we're all in this together Think, remember the common interest agreement that we found out after the fact? Well, it's an investigation we know to a degree, you know, not, not impugning her work, but the results of that were a sham. This was designed all along to not see the light of day, to get released during that summer of 2020 around in, in July to let people know, nah, nothing's, nothing's doing here, nothing to see. The league, Snyder, Washington, all kind of in it together. Three minority owners are objecting on a million fronts, the headline, the thing that was that bothered them the most was this $55 million line of credit he opened unbeknownst to them. But they also found during their digging a whole bunch of other things that are, are like just are you kidding me type business practices, right? Borderline, you know, ranging from, you know, shady things to malfeasance to, you know, sort of whatever's beyond that. The league had no interest in dealing with any of this stuff at this point. 
they're basically moving from arbitration to mediation to basically say, hey, what if we what if you guys just got some money and were quiet? By the way, basically is how it went. By the way, it should be noted just based on the timeline. This all happened while the league had already brought Beth Wilkinson aboard. Precisely. So to your point, and I think it's great to bring up. It's not like they were trying to bury this to say, oh, well, we'll move on. There's, you know, Dan's in, in good footing with the league. Like they already had a major issue with this guy. And then this came along and they still defended him. And I understand that the league is in the business of taking care of their owners because, frankly, they're Roger Goodell's bosses. Like, Mm -hmm. I do get how this works. I'm just constantly amazed, though, how much fervor they show it would appear in going to the mattress for this dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at what point does that stop? Like, Roger Goodell. So it it did at some point. Exactly. But, But Roger Goodell and the league for a long time were doing everything they could to protect Dan Snyder. And I think that valve turned off a few months ago when he hired a bank and decided to sell. That's pretty clear. But the league and Goodell are catching shrapnel. Like, they're in some hot water and dealing with tough questions. And it's been years of that for them based on Dan Snyder. Eventually, it's just not worth it anymore. And I think they got to that point months ago, which is why behind the scenes there's a lot of effort trying to get him to go. Yeah, so things change. And and we always... I, I want to know forever what moment or what finally happened that they said that's enough. I mean, I get the sense just from from reading between the lines here that Goodell and company were basically going, okay, this is it. This is your last straw, dude. This is your last thing. I, we'll, we'll go to the mat. We'll protect you. I'll take your arrows this one last time as long as there's nothing else. Do we agree there's nothing else? Yeah. Then, you know, shortly thereafter, we're back in court for Snyder. He's suing Bruce Allen. Uh, we get the, the leaked emails to try to embarrass Bruce Allen that led to John Gruden getting fired. That leads to the House Oversight Committee starting their probe, which leads to Mary Joe White. That's how we got all here. Here's what I think is going on, and I would love your opinion on this. I think all the stuff that we've heard recently, the various reports, again, there's so many. I think the Washington Post report, which we have, which you barely even touched on here from last night. Might be almost as big. That's, and I, I think, go ahead, please. The team did come out and say that report is false. I think it's important that we just point sure. out that they said that. There's some really good reporters that worked a long time and have a lot of sources saying otherwise. And the, the summary that I'm using here for, for that report is, Dan Snyder dragging his heels, Dan Snyder making outrageous demands, dealing with the other owners with regards to the sale, other owners getting increasingly irritated. Dan wants legal protection, all sorts of other stuff that's just a little bit crazy, a little bit too much. I get the sense that all that stuff is legitimate. And what I mean by that is Dan Snyder is going kicking and screaming throughout this whole process. He thinks he's a victim. These are, First it was the minority owners are out to get him. Then it's the rest of the league. And then it's the Washington Post. And it's everybody's out to get me. Bah, I'm such a victim. I think he's dragging his heels. I think he's being irritating. And I think the league said, we're warning you. We're warning you, you horse's ass. Stop this right now. And he didn't. And there's more and more and more. So finally they go, okay, watch this. This is just the first shot across the bow. Look at what we have. We still got Mary Jo White waiting in the bullpen. We got other dirt we can throw at you. You're going. Stop protesting. Sell the dumb thing and shut up. That's how I see this ESPN story today. Yeah, so Florio said something along those lines at the Super Bowl last year, remember, that the, the owners had kind of turned a corner. Remember, he was outside in L.A., and it was the big report where uh, owners had kind of flipped and th- there was movement toward a, a huh. voting out of Dan Snyder. And so th- this has been growing. It's a, it's a ball rolling downhill, accumulating more and more snow for a long while. There's no doubt about it that the, the idea 
that they are pushing him out, I think most of us have assumed for a long, 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 long time. And really, again, we'll have Florio on at six. We can ask him about this. But I remember at the Super Bowl last year, it's good memory. we can find the audio, he started talking about owners wanting this guy gone. And a lot of people said, he's crazy. They'll never get 24 votes. Maybe they do have 24 votes. In fact, the Post story, according to one of their sources, quote, the owners definitely would move to a vote to remove Snyder from ownership of this team if he does not sell the franchise, according to one of their sources. And the Post story we referenced a couple times for people that weren't tracking that last night. Snyder and his attorneys demanded, according to the Post, that fellow NFL franchise owners and the league indemnify him against future legal liability and costs if he sells the team. Basically saying, I don't want to pay a penny for any lawsuits. I don't want to get in trouble for any kind of violations. If I sell the team, don't call me and try to either sue me or get me in trouble with anything you find from Mary Jo White. Whatever comes out in these investigations, nothing matters anymore. And the league is probably not going to play that game. Snyder's demands, according to the Post, include a threat to sue if the indemnification condition is not met. And they've angered owners, shocker, renewing the discussion about the possibility of taking a vote to remove him if he doesn't sell the team. Now, I'll reiterate, the club came out and did say the story posted by the Washington Post regarding the transaction process involving the commanders is simply untrue. And that was all they said. Mm -hmm. The Post has not retracted the story. It's still out there to be read. I don't expect them to retract the story. What do you guys make of what's going on here in the last 24 hours? We'll get to the phones next. 800-636-1067 if you want to join us on the MGM National Harbor listener lines on Grant and Danny. He's Danny. I'm Grant. This is the fan. Welcome back, and thanks much for making the show part of your day. Last night, Washington Post says Dan Snyder is threatening the league that if they want him to sell, he needs protections. No lawsuits. Shouldn't be a part of, have to pay out, get in any trouble for any transgressions that have taken place that might ultimately result in him being called on the carpet. And then today, ESPN says, by the way, you guys know there's a bank fraud criminal inquiry going on? FBI, IRS are investigating? <laughs> oh, man. And he violated policies the league and the team had in place about what he was supposed to tell his minority owners. What do you guys make of all this? Marcus is in College Park on G&D, MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. What's up, Marcus? Thank you for taking my call. I'm foreseeing a doomsday-type scenario developing with this franchise. And what I mean by that is, Sure, the owners can organize and likely vote him out of the out of their club and out of the NFL. But wonder if he doesn't go. Wonder if he says, "I'm going to fight this thing to the bloody end," and this franchise has to operate under that cloud. It, it, it's a it's a horrible thought. And what I think is largely being ignored is that when he sells that team, just like any other asset and the appreciation of the team is $4 billion, whatever, he's going to have to pay a tax on that. And that is going to be a backbreaker for him, too, and may be the trigger for where he stands right now as far as indemnification and protection. But uh, it, I don't see this outcome uh, being very good for the fans for a long time, probably 18 months or so, while he fights to not 
sell the team and not face those capital gains taxes. Thanks very much, Ben. Love Appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, Appreciate pal. you. I, I don't see it that way, and we're all guessing, right? And yeah. None of us really know. Right. What are we working back from? But we're looking at the same picture, and we're seeing two very, very different things, you and I, Marcus, because, number one, my question, my takeaway, the thing that slaps me in the face when I read the ESPN story is that my speculation and something I talked a lot about when it came to their lack of free agency involvement after the, the Wentz deal last year I think they're short on cash as an organization and from an ownership standpoint. I don't know how he can continue to function and own the team. There's a shot clock that's begun for when he's got to pay money back to people. I just don't know how he's going to get or have the money. I mean, that's my own speculation, but that would be my first rhetorical question is, how can he afford to continue to own this thing if he was missing payments supposedly a couple years ago? Uh And that's when his minority owners were helping him foot every bill. You're doing something at the facility, they pay for 40% of it. You're you're building a stadium, they help you pay for 40% of your share. The other part is, it is very, very clear. I would say more so even in the Post story than the ESPN story, but both sing loudly in this regard. Other owners aren't having this. They don't play the games that now are starting to trickle out about him. And it doesn't sound like Roger Goodell, who's put his neck on the line for him enough, that he's starting to take some shots. I think that's the selling point here, Jeeps. Is, is going to keep playing games. You can do your super rich guy temper tantrum tyrant stuff where you bully regular folks, where you threaten lawsuits to, for, against people that can't afford it. 72-year-old ladies. You can't do that against other billionaires, right? You you can't start sh- taking shots across their bow. They will they will respond in kind and, and then some. I think that's exactly what's happened here. There's no doubt that he is going to fight and scratch and claw every step of the way. His level of petty, I would say, is unlike anything we've seen. We have enough anecdotes on that. Yeah, we do. Pouring milk under people's seats so that they smell it while they watch games, supposedly. Wanting the apology from Bruce Allen or a congrats about the the Rivera hiring well after he's been fired. We got a lot of examples of that. At some point, though, the league might be able to squeeze him out without voting, just financially. They might be able to just keep forcing him to do things from a money standpoint, knowing he can't do it. And they'll never have to vote at all. At some point, he just can't pay the bills. That's a possibility. Yeah, in two years, that that loan payment that the league gave him where they waived the debt waiver. So Bank of America, there's probably a longer timeline on paying them back. The uh, league part of it, $425 million, give or take, they could say, okay, payments due. That's in a couple years. I want to see if we can grab one of our uh, sports law guys on the show today because there's some moving parts here that are really curious. Most notably, though, did he do anything illegal? There's a big difference between him screwing over his minority owners and breaking some rules within the contract he's got with them and bank fraud. The word's jail time in this story. Bank fraud. Something we can double-click on. Grant and Danny with you on the fan. 